Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Amy. Our project is called Mind, Body, and Soul, The Nature of Well-Being, and this podcast is just one small piece of the overall project. We are making a documentary that follows our hike on the Continental Divide Trail that will explore how spending time in nature affects a person's mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. We are guinea pigs in a sense because we will be documenting our own experiences and recording changes that we find. Along the way, we are interviewing people about their experiences in nature to see how they have been affected. Much of the benefits that come from being in nature are subjective and therefore hard to measure in a quantifiable way. That's why we have turned to recording stories as a way to distribute this knowledge. Since the beginning of human culture, we have compressed valuable information into stories, and that's how we have shared wisdom throughout the generations. We hope that the stories we gather during this project will help spread some of the wisdom that can be found in the wilderness. Episode 5, an interview with Paul Klassen about using his time in nature to heal. Paul is a living and breathing example of someone who has used his time in the wilderness to heal himself. Bad relationships and negative self-talk brought him to some real low points in his life. Being an Eagle Scout, he has always enjoyed being outdoors. Those experiences helped give him the tools that he needed to pull himself out of those low points. Now he runs a guided backpacking company called Redline Summiteers Mountain Guides. This company helps introduce others to the benefits that he has found out there. Uh, my name's Paul Klassen. We are sitting in my garage right now, and uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, this garage is in a town called Sandwich, Illinois, like the sandwich. Yeah, that's just a funny name for a town. <laughs> Well, the town next to us is called Plano, so everybody calls it like a Plano bologna sandwich. Like if there was a town in the middle, it'd be called bologna. It's pretty, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, What's your like kind of goal to turn this garage into? Well, initially I was gonna have it, uh, I wanted to do, I wanted to use it for a training facility to train people for backpacking trips and uh, I don't know where that fits into things right now, but that was kind of kind of where I was going with it. Um, but currently, as we sit, it works really well for a gear storage meeting place for like-minded individuals, uh, fitness center for like-minded individuals. It's quaint and small but it does the job and I, it's minimalist i like that so the the training gym you change your idea on that uh i with where things stand right now yeah. i i think the pandemic's just going to reshape lots of things for lots of people I, I don't know um i'm just i'm not in a place to do too much with it right now you know mm -hmm. and with the pandemic that's just another element it's not, you know, an excuse or anything even close to that at all. It's just it is what it is, you know. But it's I, I'm I'm using it as a okay a sign, like a directional sign. Okay, take this path right now, and I'm just kind of following my intuition right now. Yeah, there have been some positive benefits of the pandemic that it's allowing people to have more time to look inward and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I, 
it's been different for everybody. And you, if you know, if you troll social media at all, or I mean, you're within a few minutes, you're going to see somebody complaining about 2020 and goodbye 2020 and onto the next new year. And it's just like, you know, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't that bad. I didn't think, I mean, we could all use a, a, some time for some time to look inward you know what I mean and that it probably just shows where things are at like as a whole like in our society with a lot of people for sure I feel guilty saying this sometime but 2020 was like one of the best years for me so far (laughs) You don't have to feel bad at all. It was the best year I've had. I mean, I I traveled more this year. I did more for Redline. You're not going to see it anywhere. You're not going to see it on the bottom line. You're not going to, you know, my accountant's not going to be like, man, you really kicked ass this year. But it was important work. It was substantial work. It was meaningful work. You know, like foundational work, stuff that needs to get done. And uh, I mean... You know, we were talking about it earlier with Coop and stuff. I mean, if I wasn't a father and dealing with that, I mean, the pandemic wouldn't have affected me at all. I mean, I did everything I wanted to do, I guess. But you certainly don't want to... You don't want to just run and hide from everything either. You know, it's important to realize that it's a big deal and it affects how it affects people. Yeah. You know, responsible way, I guess. Yeah. 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 Be mind, be mindful of other people, other people's hardships, you know, the, the, the general scope of the whole thing, you know I mean? Cause just because it doesn't affect you maybe right now, it doesn't mean it won't or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a good um, time to work on yourself, I suppose, you know. It's kind of like anything, I guess. You can find some positives in a negative situation if you want to, and there, there are good things that I mean, come out you, of this. Yeah, yeah. If you look back to the beginning of... If you look back to the beginning, like, well, when really when everybody started getting locked down, like in March like last March of 2020. So what would that be like nine months ago? I mean, and if you just, it, just if you troll, like I said, just if you're going through social media and you see all of that, I mean, man, you'd think it's like hell's on our doorstep, you know, with a lot of people, it's like, man, it's not that bad, you know, like instead of, Get on social media bitching about it. Start a gratitude journal or something, you know, and write down what you're grateful for. Go spend time with your kids and instead of venting on social media or go for a go for a hike. Go for a hike. Find a local forest reserve near you, anywhere. I mean you can go out anywhere, any state, you can find something, you know. Mm-hmm. And man, just for me, that was a huge part of it, you know, and I I just use it to get really deep in my connection with nature from for me personally and 
uh, where I am at now, ment- like mentally and emotionally, is a really good place. And I've worked really hard to get here. And uh, wilderness and time in nature is good medicine. So how has your time in nature helped get you to this good mental place? Well, let's see. We did. I went to Montana first. And uh, it was early June, right? So there was still a bunch of snow up there. It was near Whitefish, Montana. So, I mean, you're not talking serious altitude or anything, but the way the weather works up there, I mean, they just get pounded with snow. And uh, there was still a lot of snow up there. And that was like the initial tip of it, you know. And I've had a different taste of a lot of different areas of nature, different areas of our country in the last six months. And each area just opens up like a new journey for me personally, you know. And uh, it's been healthy, very healthy. Yeah, that's interesting. Going to different places kind of uh, invoke different emotions or different uh, places in your mind, I feel like. Yeah, uh, it's funny as you know a backpacker or a wilderness junkie or however whatever label somebody wants to throw at me i'm not even sure what label i'd throw at myself but uh those are things that come to mind um uh you know just on a day hike at the local forest or for me personally i mean i could go through every emotion you could experience in a lifetime in one day out out there you know and that's just the freedom of no distractions the freedom of no agenda flowing in from anywhere you know no noise none of that floating around you're just in uh, to get closer to yourself is to get closer to nature really you know I mean, you can you literally feel it. Like if you sit down, if you take your shoes off, and if you really want to get extreme, just sit naked somewhere. Just sit on the ground. And you can literally you can feel the energy. You can feel it. And if you just let yourself go and just breathe and just like, you can. You, it's all gone. It's all. It'll just all go away. And then when you do that, and then you come back, like you you have such a sense of calm and clarity and clarities. Really, I think what a lot of people crave in their life is clarity, you know? Definitely. I think that's actually why you see so much kind of like simplistic looking at things. And and that's why people are so... Right, because it gives them clarity to make up your mind and be very opinionated on one thing. And this is it. Mm -hmm. Because most people think, you know, it's something is wrong if... I don't agree with it or if it's not if some some subject or topic or person doesn't have the same opinion as me then it's wrong well 
it's very clear cut that way and it makes you feel comfortable. Like it's a comfort zone. And no growth is gonna occur when you're comfortable. I mean, it's a, it's a trap. Comfort, comfort is quite literally a trap. That's a good point. So, um, how does that not happen in nature? Like, how does it force you outside of your comfort zone? <laughs> force you to grow. <laughs> well, we'll touch on a little subject from this summer. Out in Wyoming, Cloud Peak, ain't nobody was comfortable there for more than about five minutes. I mean, it was chilly to start, and then it got warm and it was nice, right? Perfect. Nice warm day, and then thunderstorms roll through and you're not so comfortable anymore, and then it gets cold. And then the next day we were there, started off nice in the morning, you were comfortable, you had your coffee, and then the sun come over the ridge of the mountains, right? So the sun's hitting you, and you're feeling it, and you're warming up. Because you know how it is in the Alpine, you know, it's freezing. You're in the shade, it could be 80 degrees in the sun, and you might be in the shade, and it's still frost everywhere, and you have every possible layer on that you have. And then the sun hits, and you go from every possible layer to shorts and a t-shirt in under about five minutes, and then you're comfortable, and you're feeling good, and you're like, ah, oh. okay, we're ready to go, and then it started raining on us. Rain most of the afternoon. It hailed on us three different times. I mean, there you you were comfortable for only really short periods of time, you know, and it it was like really metaphorical to like how life is. And but if we would have stayed in that comfortable spot, you never would have went anywhere, and there was no way to maintain that comfort. We would have had to metaphorically put up some sort of a mask to keep ourselves comfortable, right? There's no way we could have maintained that comfort level unless you, in that instance, we would have had to go someplace that was, we would have had to go back to the trailhead to the car where it would have been more comfortable. We could have maintained comfort in the car, right? But then you're missing out on the whole experience of being in nature and the whole reason why you're there. That's a long way to get back to the car anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, there's no, like, comfort's an illusion. It's, a, it's an illusion. You know, you're, you're never, life is constantly changing all the time. But I do think you see that. I think that's why people, I think that's why the, oh, like the model for society works well because it does give people that sense of comfort, right? Uh, you put your 40 years in here and you can retire and we'll give you this much a month and you're good. And you don't have to worry about anything the rest of your life. Well, I think that's just a dangerous, uh, you know, you're, you're being, you're buying the wolf in sheep's clothing quite literally, I think, you know? Yeah. Maybe you don't have to worry about money, but what about like living? Boredom? What about living? What about living? Yeah, you know, you all the shit that an 85-year-old man on his deathbed is going to talk about and say, man, I regret this. I regret this. I I lived, but I never actually truly lived. You know, I, I just survived and I found comfort and that was all I did. Uh, but it's a... To live outside your comfort zone and to seek discomfort is courageous. And...
it seems a lot of people don't aren't choose not to be courageous i suppose but it's a weird thing because once you start doing that then you it's you liberating. realize yeah you realize you can't live any other way yeah it's liberate yeah you've you've literally been liberated you literally like you do it and you're like it's the matrix right you've been unplugged and you're just like holy shit and you'll just initially initially you'll get this huge surge of adrenaline and you won't know what to do with it and you'll just be you know like you'll just be so excited and like you you, you won't be able to like kind of like how i'm getting right now right <laughs> you'll just get that whole surge going through you and then you're just like man i don't want to go back to that life at all i don't want to go back to the rat race or the relationship where i'm not happy or the marriage where i'm not happy because i'm i'm comfortable so therefore i'm too scared to say how i actually feel and to actually go live the life that my soul knows that, that that's the life i'm supposed to go live you know uh humans are so funny that way i mean we we can play amazing tricks on ourselves that's a good point. And I really I really think so if you look at nature it's almost like we're primitive in that sense. They don't do that. They they there is no comfort there and they know it. Like they'll be comfortable like a group of elephants, they'll find water and play around and the baby elephant will run around and everybody'll get their pictures and look how cute. But then they're going to move on cuz they know they can't get comfortable because there's predators just lying in the weeds, right? And those predators like for humans are all of those demons that you're pulling the blanket of comfort, you know, they're just waiting there for you. And they're not going away. They'll be there. Yeah, it's an interesting point that animals don't really deceive themselves. <laughs> they just kind of see the way things are. We're, yeah. Humans are like, we're developed enough or conscious enough or aware enough or maybe foolish enough <laughs> To, to, to deceive ourselves. That's probably it. We're foolish enough to deceive ourselves. That's probably a pretty accurate way to say it. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we're conscious enough that we're like more conscious than animals and we can make these choices and kind of do things for ourselves. And we have free will and all that, but we're not conscious enough to, to get onto that next step where we can um, see things as they are, I guess. Well, if you look, like, look at the latest, look at, look at progress in tech, like Elon Musk, for example, he's forecasting we're going to have like our cell phone will be in our mind in the next 20 years, right? So you won't have the cell phone. It'll just be in your, like, I don't know what the word for that is, but it'll be, you'll see it in your mind, like, like Iron Man. Like Iron Man sees it in his mask, but you know, like you'll see it in there, and like it, it's it's almost like it's almost, and you see it with humans. Like we're we we th we see emotion and feeling is like uh, something holding us back. Like we hate it. Like it's ah, oh, we don't. Uh, my vocabulary is awful this evening, but like we're not. We, you know, we see it as like uh, 
like a hindrance yeah like a like a like emotions are like a hindrance you know like i mean that's that's what makes us human is that you know but i as we progress and grow like i mean that's why we got a pill for everything to fix everything you have anxiety well here's some pills we got this here have this you know and it's we just push you know like that we don't ever have to actually deal with anything but if you learn how to deal with it you're going to really experience the human experience to its fullest yeah the the emotions are a hindrance for most people because emotions control them yes but i think if you learn how to like kind of manage your emotions and maybe use them to your advantage then you can actually Every, feel <laughs> yes yes <laughs> the great alex meyer folks if it's your idea i just put it in that's exactly but that's exactly it and I probably have that in one of my 10,000 journals in my house somewhere, like that exact thing written down with epiphany and exclamation points and asterisks written all around it. Like, remember this, like right there. Cause like I've, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's frustrating sometimes when you are growing and you've went through a certain amount of growth and then you'll see people who are just like struggling and you're like, oh my gosh, like it's so like you want to help them, but you can't, you can't help them because they're, everybody's journey is their own. And if, if they're choosing that existence or, you know, there's no, it's really where for me, nature and being in the wilderness and doing a lot of like solo trips and stuff like that, you know, I think those are really important. Um, cause it gives you a time to be with you. And your best friend, your best partner, your best lover, your best advisor is you. If you can't, you need to love every inch of you immensely, tremendously. And when you do that and you, cause you're the, you're spending every minute of your life with yourself. And if you hate the person you're spending time with, it's a major challenge for people. That's and that's. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's almost an offensive understatement. That's, um, but that's where like, that's where the pandemic in the last nine months have really paid huge dividends for me personally is that um, it's cut away a lot of the fat, so to speak, just by nature of the pandemic when everybody's, you know, cause everybody, you know, falls back into themselves and their own existence a little bit more. And, um, you, it just paid huge dividend, like in the investment in yourself, like it, it was a perfect environment. Like the stage was set perfectly for like, okay, here's your stage for growth. Like just go, you know, and I, I embraced it and it feels really good. Can you talk about, um, what? spending time in nature with people and what are the benefits of doing it alone? Like pros and cons of each maybe. 
Well, humans are naturally social creatures, so there's the obvious. Um, when you're spending time in nature with other people, you're 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 filling that social need. But if you're aware enough, you can take it for the deeper um, meaning, I suppose, or the deeper opportunities that will come with that, and you can you can experience it in the company of others. So it's kind of like you're, you can feed off of each other's energies, right? And when you're doing it solo, you don't have that, but the opportunity for you to develop a more intimate relationship with yourself is there. And I really think that in a nutshell, that's what nature really provides for me personally is that. Because, I mean, how often do people really spend time with just themselves? And when you're in nature, like in the wilderness, sometimes 20, 30, 50 miles from anything, phone service, so... You have no connection and like, I mean, that is just soul food at its best right there. I mean, it's like some delicious Cajun soul food, you know, or something, whatever's good food to whoever. <laughs> I don't know why that came up. I like it though. For me personally, I probably don't get as much time in nature with others as I would like, probably. Especially like-minded people. Um, when I'm guiding people, it's different because... I'm working. Not that I'm not grateful for that opportunity. I mean, I chose that path and I love that path. And I love that opportunity, but it's why I really value and cherish solo trips to the wilderness or trips to the wilderness with maybe one or two other people that I'm not guiding, that they're self-sustainable on their own. Like they have, you know, and then that's like, if you do that, like if you and I went to the wilderness like that, like it'd be, you could be in another's company without having to think about anything else yeah. you know i was just talking about this with the other guy yeah. um and it was kind of the same thing how he, he finds a lot of value doing these trips by himself but when he's out there guiding people it's, it's not the same because he's got all these responsibilities but he kind of goes into it knowing that so it's not like a disappointment or anything yeah it what it does is it priority so when you're guiding, you go in like, okay, and it's it's regimented out. Like, you know exactly what to expect and how it's going to work. Like, okay, like I have everybody, and that's why I have everybody come over here before the trip and we do shakedowns and we go through all their gear and we talk about everything they need for the trip, what to expect for the trip, what kind of shape to be in for the trip. Like, do you need this? Do you need that? Like, and really break it down immensely and then you get the camaraderie going amongst the group but I'm working the whole time but it, that's fun to see that in each individual 
And like, so I pick, I can enjoy those parts, but then in the wilderness, like after the day's over, maybe everybody's sleeping or something I can in, like, and I have learned to do this now to like take a l five minutes in the morning or the night or when no, when I don't have to guide and like take that time for myself to really, it's almost like real life out in the wilderness almost like, and it makes it okay. I'm in the wilderness. It's right here. So I have to like kind of, cause I, I get a real strong emotional attachment to every group I take and every person I take, you know, like I, it, it means a lot to me to be able to take them out there. And it means a lot to me to see their growth almost like an empath nature, like a, where you, and I didn't know how to have boundaries, good enough boundaries in place to where I didn't just absorb all of their shit. And then at the end of the trip, I would just be like, oh, like, couldn't get off the couch for a week, you know, cause you're just like drained. Well, which is where the solo, it's funny how this all came around. The solo trips come in great for that because that lets me to go out there and fuel that tank back up, but it also lets me get in touch with uh, those parts of me that need attention and so I can grow and not let those kinds of things happen, right? Yeah, to be in charge of your emotions and not let your emotions rule you, right? Like to rule your mind and not let your mind rule you sort of thing, you know? Like, and when you can do that, cause that's the biggest demon anybody has is what's up here. Like if, <clears throat> if it, you want to go external with it, like addiction, say that's up here. If you want to go any other addiction or any other demon somebody has, addiction just seemed like a real easy one to pick, but they're all up here. And if you can, what are you doing in nature when you're by yourself? It's just you and the demon, right? You're out there. It, it, it's cathartic. Yeah. You know? It forces you to see all that stuff that's up there when normally you're distracted and don't have time for it. Yeah. It's always in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. It always is. It's in the background of everything you do. It's in the background of every little maybe bad habit you have or every little mm, procrastination you have or every fractured relationship you have or my parents and I don't get along good or my brother and I don't get along good or my wife and I don't get along good or my son and I don't get along good, you know, like it's all of that's all there. And that's that demon. That's that demon. Like that's, if you choose the path of comfort, that demon's still going to be there and it's going to show up in all those things. So you think spending solo time in nature kind of, does that bring it from the background into the foreground? What happens to that little demon when you're out there alone? This is a personal story of profound truth. I mean, I have been on solo trips where literally like you come out and you're just pumped and you're ready to go and you're just so grateful. And this is so amazing. I'm in the wilderness by myself. And I mean, I am just ready to go and you love your love and everything, man, the views are so great. Oh, the air is so crisp, right? Man, you can see forever. Man, that mountain, I'm going to climb that mountain. That's going to be awesome. 
and then you get tired, you get to camp and you're like, oh, maybe the first night's pretty good. And you wake up the next morning, you have coffee and then, you know, you'll be hiking the next day a little bit and then you'll start having the demon will come out to play and dance around. And you'll be like, I mean, so for me, like I, I mean, I've went through sitting on a rock on the side of Cloud Peak, just sobbing uncontrollably for hours hours I questioning every part of myself and life and I should just go back to my car I never should have did this trip right I never should have did this trip and then I just want to drive back to the nearest town I can and go find a bar stool and sit on it and drink beer and just to be social again but just to go back to like just to go back to an old comfort because I'm not being out here with my de the demon was kicking my ass all over the place. Literally kicking my ass. And I did that. I, that. That first solo trip I did to Cloud Peak, that's exactly what happened. I mean, I was, uh, I started off like, and then by the end of the trip, the middle of the trip out there just can't even keep your emotions in check out there. It was a huge purr. It was, it was, it was exactly as cathartic as it needed to be. And it did everything it needed to do because that's why I'm here right now. An empowered version of that demon sitting here. And now like when that demon comes knocking, I just, he sits next to me and we have coffee and we talk and he doesn't control me anymore. And that demon could be, you know, probably what it is for a lot of people, you know. I mean, maybe not a great upbringing or maybe not a great relationship with your parents or maybe a breakup here or there, a divorce or you know, self-worth issues or any, any of the pretty common... And the comments aren't even the right word. I, everybody has to deal with that. Every that's 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 not every human being has had to confront their own self worth at some point, you know. And some people just seem to have it, but I think the people that don't, the people that seem to have it, don't necessarily have it. And you don't always hear the whole side of the story because really knowing yourself well enough to know all of those things is. is an amazing gift because you get to the point where you're you're so grateful that you can't even believe that you are you. You know what I mean? You can't I cannot believe that this is me and this is my life and this is my existence. Like that's how grateful I am now at this point really. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That takes bravery to, to get to know yourself that well because it takes... There's been a lot of nights sitting on that kitchen floor, just bottle of booze between my legs, crying and drinking, and even out there in Cloud Peak, you know, I mean, I've, 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 I've pushed the limits with those demons hard, but that's just who I am as a person. Like, I'm an intense person, so I'm going to go... You know, and I'm I'm glad I did those things because I am in um, 
the best place I've ever been in my life. And it, uh, like from an outsider's perspective, maybe not, you know, like, Oh, we're sitting in this, my little humble abode. Right. And you were in my house and you see the little tiny house and you know, oh, if they looked at my bank account or looked at my car or whatever, but that doesn't mean shit. You know, like when you, when you literally like are that grateful for life that you cannot believe that you are you, like, I mean, none of that matters. And then when you're that grateful, you just, you, you attract everything. Your abundance, so you attract abundance in your life and your love and you attract love in your life and you're secure and you attract security into your life, you know? I mean, it's, and that is the wilderness really has, that's my experience with that. Without the wilderness being there, there's all of that growth would not have occurred. I think that's a really good way to think about that is when you kind of get your own shit figured out and you start to feel secure and you start to feel loving and you start to accept yourself and everything, Mm -hmm. then all that stuff comes into your life. Because a lot of people think that I need this house, I need this wife, I need this relationship or whatever. I need all these things and then I'm going to feel fulfilled. Yep, they're seeking external validation. And it's, you got, (laughs) it sucks because you got to go in to come out, you know. And... I think I just said that that sucks because that does not suck. I, 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 it doesn't suck to go in to come out. It sucks to, it sucks when you don't realize that and you might think it sucks at first, you know? Well, it sucks because it's hard and it's kind of painful. <laughs> yeah, it's hard and painful and you're going to have to face things that you don't want to face. That's why we have all of these masks. That's why humans mask everything that they do because they don't want to face that. I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about that. I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to have a drink so I don't have to deal with this, or I'm going to have a smoke so I don't have to deal with this, or I'm going to be promiscuous so I don't have to deal with this or whatever it is, you know, I mean, whatever mask you choose, or sometimes it's multiple masks, you know, but you're running from yourself. And, and I, I mean, it has pernicious effects to do that. Yeah, you can't yeah. run forever. I mean, yeah, it's just that and simple. Then, <laughs> right. And then you'll have, that's why people have breakdowns or some major trauma in their life will happen, you know, or... You know, I mean, that's why those things happen. Mm-hmm. And I, the nature's an excellent tool to teach you about those things. And I think, like, like Coop's been out there with me for quite a bit. I mean, he, he, I mean, he climbed a 10,000, it was a mountain in Yellowstone. I think it was like 10,800 feet or something like that. And he was nine or 10. And I mean, he's been, you know, in and out of the wilderness with me. And I mean, he's gotten a taste of that, like from an early age. So he knows that's a tool there and he understands like how important it is. And he sees like how I live my life and what I do. And he's seen other people like have that 
ingredient in their life, you know, uh, that tool in their life. And, uh, it, I mean, it, it's, it's healthy, but it helps you. It's healthy, like in ways that you don't even naturally, holistically. I mean, it's stuff that's not really popular, you know, because yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It is hard, but it's so the rewards are. I until you've done it, the rewards are inexplicable. Really, I mean, you can't. You, there's no way you can. You can't. You know, people don't want to go through. Like people go through a. It's like the person who goes through a breakup, and then they'll just go right into another relationship because they don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with the fallout of that. Well, I'm going to run from that feeling, so I'm just going to get into another relationship. Well, it's. I mean, that's a pretty basic example, but that's exactly what it is. You know. Yeah, I've watched friends do that, and the the quality of their relationships goes down pretty yeah. much every time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They're in more of a hurry to find somebody, so they're not being. <sighs> and you're taking all the shit with from the last relationship into the new one, and then you're projecting all that stuff onto the new person, you know. And it's just like, and the new person's probably like, "Oh man, I really like this person." And then they're like, "Whoa, like what's going on?" Like. But I don't really want to go seek out another relationship, so I'm just gonna like settle for this or I'm comfortable, right? So I don't wanna <sighs> Yeah, I think sometimes a a shitty situation is better than going into the unknown. <laughs> That's exactly at least you know what that shit is. <laughs> That's it right. That's exactly what it is. It, I'm comfortable and I know what the shit is versus I have no fucking clue. <laughs> now, coming from, a, you know, if you're a adventurer, a wilderness junkie, the unknown seems pretty fucking nice. So you're going to, absolutely, I'm never going to choose shit. Why would I choose shit? I want to go, that unknown's pretty fucking cool. But maybe that's just the growth speaking. You know? Yeah. My relationship with the unknown has changed so much since I started. Well, since my first through hike. That really changed the way I looked at a lot of things. Yeah. But now it's it's something to like explore and be excited about rather than avoid. Yeah. Because there's potential in there. There's like there can be really good things in there. It's not just bad. <laughs> yeah, and I think that'd be an interesting study to do between people who are outdoor enthusiasts versus people who are not just to see what their thoughts are on the unknown just to see what maybe a survey amongst you and a survey amongst you and just see what their thoughts are about the unknown just to see like i that would be a that would be a study i would love to help take part in and to see the data on because that would be because i'm going to bet the outdoor enthusiasts like the unknown is not like they're going to be excited about that or want to seek the unknown they might have, they're going to have their own comforts for sure, you know, but as opposed to somebody who, it, fear is powerful. Fear makes people seek comfort, you know, which 
that opens up a whole can of worms that we could discuss for a long time. But it's probably one of the most powerful of motivators is fear. Powerful tool. Uh, rulers have been using fear to control populations for a long time. You know, it's exactly it's why people seek comfort. It's exactly why people seek comfort. And it's why we're having this conversation now about getting people to step outside the comforts into the unknown. And uh, the more you know about yourself, the unknown will be something to be feared, you know? Yeah, maybe a big part of the fear that comes with the unknown is that you don't know what you can handle so it's like anything could take me out because i don't know myself that well but if if you know yourself very well then you're, you're more confident about what you can handle maybe and then so the unknown isn't that scary yeah yeah you, you know you can handle more something like that yeah and but see now that's a you could think like well that's that, that's a comfort right knowing what you can handle but is that a comfort or is that just having confidence in yourself? I mean, I, I, I don't take, I don't see confidence as a comfort. I just see it as I'm not scared. And I think that's probably the key. That's probably the pinnacle, right, of coming out of comfort into the fearless zone, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, just living in more of a fearless way. And you don't necessarily, I don't live fearless. I'm just, you don't, it's subconscious. You don't even think about it. You're just, you know, and it's probably perpetual, right? Your demons change probably or get smaller and smaller, or maybe you don't see them as demons anymore and you see them as uh, opportunities. Yeah, that definitely changes too. Um, on your first trip in Cloud Peak, was there like a specific demon that you were dealing with or was it just kind of like overwhelming life? <laughs> well, uh, it was like six years ago and I was four-ish years out of a divorce. Uh, I was still repeating the same choice cycles and the same thought cycles. Uh, so it was, it's funny to reflect back on it now because I, I guess I probably haven't done it in a while. Uh, but I was not, I was still living in the fear comfort zone. Now I'm, like that zone is so far away from where I'm at now. Like I almost can't even like, it's almost hard to like, it's almost hard to believe that I was there. You know, I, I like you're looking back and you're just like, oh, if you only knew buddy, like if I'm looking back, like at that guy, like if this is back to the future, if you only knew just like you're doing good, just hang in there, you know? Like you got this, like just you're gonna you're gonna be fine, you know. Uh I mean I was 
self-sabotaging like myself all the time, just negative self-talk. Um, lost emotionally, you know, like I, I knew I needed to make a change, but I wasn't sure what the change was. And I was just really scared probably, you know, and then probably letting go of some past stuff. And you, I think you just shed that all the time more and more and more and more until the point where you just like, you know, like you, like how many skins ago was that, that I shedded that? Like, Oh, I forgot about that one. You know, like you're going to shed all the time, you know, the more you grow, you shed, but you know, how many sheds ago was that? Right. Like, can you look back? Like, so yeah, I felt lonely. I felt insecure. I felt, I don't know if I, I don't want to say I didn't believe in myself because I think I kind of have a gift for confidence, but I didn't believe in myself, if that makes sense. I just, I wasn't, you know, I knew I needed to go do that trip and I wanted to go do that trip. And I think that's why I hit the trail. So like balls to the wall kind of, but then I was like, all of those demons that maybe I was probably hiding from, they came out. They were just waiting. Like, oh, look at this guy. Oh, we're going to get him, you know? Like salivating, waiting for me. And they came out. And uh, I think I spent a whole day. I didn't leave my tent. I just laid there and I like, I had my journal and I tried to do stuff. And I just kind of putzed around camp, and which is good. It was good. And that's one of those things that like the nature did. It was great. Like it provided this wonderful stage for me to sit there and do nothing. And probably more happened during the course of that trip and probably the course of that day than I could probably tell you or put into words probably. That's a really good point. Um, on this road trip, one of the things I'm listening to is a book about um, Zen Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And one thing they talked about in the book is that people don't know how to rest. Like yes. we think there, if there's something wrong with us, we have to like go to the hospital. We have to get this treatment. We have to like do stuff. We have to always be like doing stuff to ourselves when all it really takes is rest, yeah. like real rest where the mind is at ease and like you're not doing anything and you're rest is doing something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like really hard for us to understand and nature's definitely good at that is that especially when you're just in camp all day i mean you might not be like getting activities done but yeah. like there's stuff happening <laughs> to put it how like my upbringing was my parents like you make a list every day and we got to get this stuff done and like my dad like he can't sit so far for more than two seconds and he's got to be doing something when he sits around he feels like i didn't do anything today you know and he's hard on himself mentally but rest is doing something, loving yourself, loving yourself and respecting yourself enough to know that I need to not do anything today and I just need to sit. And that, that's where I've come so far, is that. I used to be really hard on myself mentally. Now I look forward to those, like, I love days like that because I know I'm doing something that whole day, even though I'm, from anybody that sees, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> All I did was lay around all day. You lay, but that's probably kind of probably American, probably profoundly American, probably yeah, uniquely, uniquely American, right? You're not doing anything. 
you lazy, you know, son of a bitch. And it, if you can liken it to like a, like a gym or fitness, any, any trainer that knows anything about anything is going to tell you that recovery is equally as important is the training, right? So you just killed yourself that day. You need to rest and let those, because your grind is, and your rest are equally important. You can't grind without the rest and you can't rest without the grind, right? It's like they go hand in hand and it kind of goes like how your health, mind, body, and soul, your physical, like, your mental and physical health go hand in hand, right? If you're only doing the mental side, your body's going to suffer. But if you're only doing the, like a lot of people that I see in a gym, like that's another mask. We use the gym and that's how I, that's how I cope or whatever with things in their life, but they're not actually coping with it. They're just going to work out to avoid that demon. And it does work. It works for a while because, right, it releases endorphins and you feel good. And it's almost like it becomes an addiction for a lot of people. And it's like, but it's the same as any other addiction. You're hiding from the demon. And when you can mix the two, you know, like, it's, it's freedom. I see nature or follow my lifestyle, like regular life and nature life. Um, like the regular lifestyle, very easy on our bodies. Like we're sitting in comfy chairs, not doing much. Yeah. And, um, but the mind is always going and it's very stressful for the mind. Yeah. And then nature is opposite, very hard on your body, very a lot of exercise, yeah. but it's a mental break because mm -hmm. your gives your mind a chance to, um, just kind of slow down and like. Mm -hmm. observe instead of always like trying to be like planning and doing things so that's why I see it as a good balance so those two examples you just laid out right the guy that comfy and his lazy boy all day but his mind's running all day well the mind's stressed well, what does the mind do with stress that it can't handle it it'll park it in the body somewhere and that guy in the chair he'll get up oh man you know, he'll have some, oh, I got this knot or whatever. I'm really stressed. I, I got a little tension in my traps, right? Well, that's your mind. I can't deal with this anymore, so I'm just going to throw it into my body. And once you start realizing that, that stress that your body can't deal with anymore, and now it's registering as pain. So there's the one side, but if you go into nature, and yeah, your bodies are really healthy, but your mind, like you don't have... So you gotta you gotta mesh the two. You don't want to go one extreme or the other because then you're not. You can't just run to the wilderness all the time for. Because then you can't deal with anything. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to be able to deal with things. I think that's kind of a new perspective that what's going on in your mind actually has like physical manifestations in your body. But chronic illnesses. It's gaining popularity, that sort of like viewpoint. A lot of cancers. Stre I mean, stress does horrible things to your body, which is why I think if you can mesh the two between society and 
say like Jeremiah Johnson, like, you know, you can't, you don't just want to, I mean, you see those pop-up cultures all around in the wilderness, like, uh, okay, so something more like into the wild, uh, Chris McCandless, right? Like that's a, he did, right? And he reaches breaking point to where he was like, okay, I want to go back to society now because he did the healing he needed to do. And then he felt like, okay, now I want to get out of this and go back and like join up. And then that was, he perished obviously before he could do that, but that was where he was mindset was, you know? So, cause humans were naturally social. And if, the wilderness perspective, if, if we can make that, like if we could raise awareness about that with people and like kind of mesh the two and where we're becoming a healthier society as a whole, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think, I think we're onto something there, you know, I mean, the, the through hikers that, you know, are out there, doing the big miles, you know, and 40 miles a day and I don't do well in society and that's all they do. And like any other guy, any other wilderness junkie that's going to that extreme is probably not going to be too exciting about more people coming out there and using, you know, using it as a tool. But if we can, if we can get them to come back to society too and become constructive, you know, and we can mesh together, I mean, we're really doing something healthy there. And like, I mean, that's what, that's the wilderness. It's not a place to just go run and hide. It's a tool to use to become a better human being, right? To become a more <clears throat> aware, uh, emotionally mature, emotionally intelligent, uh, can process things better. You know, if you can go out there and like, I notice that when I'm going to the wilderness and coming back and, you know, like when you can mix that and do that dance and you're just in, uh, you're, you're in the, in your flow, like that's a really, it feels good to be there. Sorry, I kind of went off there. No, that's that was actually exactly what I wanted to hear. Okay. Because <laughs> that's a, a big goal with this project is to, I don't want to tell people that you can solve all your problems in nature and then like that's it. Like I, I want people to go to nature yep. to learn about things and then bring those lessons back into yes. society. Right, and that's, it's hugely important not to think, okay, go to nature to hide from everything. And a lot of people say that a lot. I, a lot of people I've taken on trips. Oh, I just, I want to get away. Well, right away, that's a flag to me that says they're just trying to escape whatever's going on. Well, like I've gotten to the point now where wilderness is a part of my daily routine. Like I go to the wilderness three days a week. I go every Sunday morning, I get up early and I go, to a state park, which is about 45 minutes from here. And I take my full pack um, and I'll, I'll have, I fill my beer canister up and there's no need to have a beer canister, but it's a nice chair to sit on. Um, even though we all know they're not very backpackable at all. Like we gotta figure something out with that. The Ursacs are great, but the beer cans are a nice chair. So, especially in the winter. So, and I, I go there and it's, it's part of my, it's part of my self care regiment. Like it's part of my daily life that I do to take care of me and my soul. Cause I know I need to be there. 
in daily nature, it's not daily, I shouldn't say that, but it's, it's routine nature, it's weekly. Like I get out into the nature two or three times a week. I try to do every Sunday, every Wednesday, and every Monday, right? Sunday, I go out in the morning and then Monday afternoon, I usually go and then Wednesday, I, I can go. But those days, you know, and it's it's funny, it's a dance you have to do with your our modern day schedules. But Sunday is absolute, there's nothing gets in the way of that. So, um, but it's part of my healthcare routine, the same way as journaling. Like I have a gratitude journal and every morning I wake up, that's my routine. I wake up and I write, I just, I, first of all, I journal about how I feel and then I'll just write things I'm grateful for. And I do that every morning and then, but it's part of my mental health routine the same way as like you're going to the gym right it's your physical health routine right saturday morning i go to a crossfit gym and i do a class in the morning and it's great that combined with wilderness and my other journaling and other things i do for my well-being like it's 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 like the whole it's the holy trinity of paul classen you know totally that's actually um, you're kind of embodying what I'm hoping people will get out of this movie. Um, well, maybe I'll just start with a question. Like, yeah. What do you What do you think that most people in society think nature is good for? <laughs> I think most people think it's good for an escape. I think that's the pop culture. Uh And I, I was guilty of that for a period of time too. Uh, I I think the the epiphany. Once the epiphany comes of holy shit, this is an escape. This is a tool to use to make me a healthy, well-rounded person. And I think when you can reach that, like when you can re have that realization and really welcome that into your life, you don't have to go do what, a big dramatic wilderness excursion to do it. I mean, you, there's state parks in every state. I mean, there's local parks you can go to. I, I mean, it's just so good for your soul. I mean, you need it's who we are. It's where are it's all, we're all energy. It's energy. I mean, your energy is humans we're we're like we're going against the grain with like the natural energy that's there and 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 that and that's why we're that's why we struggle so much i mean like i said you you take your shoes off or sit naked and just you can feel it if you if you just surrender yourself and let it go i mean you could feel it and i mean that's when you know you're just like in harmony and then it's it's just a great tool to use. It's a great tool to use. There's a few different directions I want to go with that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was definitely guilty of that, using nature as an escape. That was like actually kind of how I like discovered my passion for going out into nature was because I was I really just didn't have anything better to do and like I was kind of antisocial. Um, at one point I moved into an apartment by myself, so I like, didn't see people that often mm -hmm. and it was just 
just a place for me to go where I, I felt free and like I felt good and okay with myself and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because it's it's an escape that eventually teaches you that you don't need to escape anymore. <laughs> and then it kind of like helps you assimilate all those things. I think in like a pop culture way or a raising awareness way or whatever, you can say instead of escaping, you could say, I'm going to go spend time with myself. I'm going to go... I need to go visit myself or something like that, you know, like, cause that's literally, that's exactly what you're doing. I mean, you're there and <laughs> everything will come out. I mean, it, it's, um, I see it as an absolute gift. Like, I mean, I couldn't, it's a necessary healthcare, mental health, like well being uh element for me um and i noticed that with like say the pandemic with lockdown like i i i did i did uh regular counseling once a week and i love counseling it's great i mean i think every american should go every person should have a counselor or so, somebody they can go talk to like totally non-judgmentally and just take it in there and like i mean it is such a great it's a great tool but they're not doing that anymore. And I, I struggled with that for a while. And that was kind of what brought everything kind of full circle with my routine now of what I do and how I do like, now the trips to the West are more like adventure exploration trips instead of escapes, you know? That's just a part of who I am. I love exploring, I love adventuring, I love that, you know? It's not a, Whereas opposed to the six years ago in Cloud Peak when I was out there and I was a puddle, I was going there to escape. And that's the difference between now and then. That's a good point. Yeah. You know? I, I sort of look at my time in nature as maintenance at this point. Yeah. It's like what I require just to stay whole. Yes, they, <laughs> yes, yes. That's exactly, I guess, what I'm just trying to say to you. But you said it in a good way. Maintenance is, it's, it's maintenance. It really is. Uh, It's essential. It's essential. Yeah, and that's a big part of my goal with this project is to help people understand that it's it's not an escape. It's not like a frivolous thing that's kind of nice to have. It's like necessary. I think you're going, when you go out into nature, you're going home. You know, pretty layman's way to put it, but you're kind of going home, right? I mean, that's, before we turned into this big complex society we are today. I mean, that was, that was it. That was our, that's, and I think we're so far removed for that. Like anybody who lives in like a city now, maybe somebody who's lived in a city that's never been, never been like maybe never left the city or never, never been to a park or never, never seen a mountain or never went to the wilderness ever. Like it's a connection that is healthy to make. Yeah, and I think you don't really understand until you've had that connection too. It's like you don't even know what you're missing. Yeah, it's oh yeah. If if you've never been there, it's 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 just like okay, the epiphany's coming. You know when like somebody's gonna go there and they've never been. You know because I mean it's just like you can't you can't explain it to somebody who's never been there and never seen it. I mean they're like I've taken people and they're it's so fun to watch their emotions unfold because 
uh, some, I mean, a lot of times they're just like speechless, you know, mm -hmm. like, holy crap. Like, especially living here in the Midwest or anybody who lives like east of where I live, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, somebody that lives maybe more on the east coast and they're in the Appalachians, you know, I mean, like, I remember Coop went on a field trip with his school to Washington, D.C., and uh, he said all the kids on the bus were talking about uh, the mountains when they got to the Appalachians. And Coop's like, those aren't mountains, you know? It was funny to hear Coop say that. It was funny to get, like, he, he was in eighth year. It was his eighth grade class trip, and it was funny to hear him do that and, like, it kind of gave me perspective of like, wow, like how traveled a kid Coop is and what he has seen and like just the, his connection with nature, like whether he knows it or not. I mean, he's 17, you know, I mean, he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't like it really seemingly right now. He likes to have his buddies over and they game and they go sledding and they horse around, whatever. But like, but that's going to be with him forever, that connection. And he's going to know about it, you know? Well, it's probably normal to him like he doesn't know any other way right but yeah you don't really get that perspective until you grow up and you start to see how other people grew up <laughs> and you start to see the effects that yeah whatever their childhood had on them yeah like it took me a long time but only within the past couple of years did I realize how lucky I was like to have the childhood that I had because mm -hmm. it was a good childhood like <laughs> yeah I don't have any like lasting trauma or anything nope bad that happened to me and I see how that fucks people up and they carry that stuff around for their whole, for their whole life yeah, that's not good <laughs> yep each individual has their own probably definition of trauma or whatever's happened in their life you know like I kind of share your feelings you know I mean I you know I don't have lasting trauma from my childhood it's just it's who my parents were and it took me a while to make peace with who my parents are and to forgive them for not being somebody who maybe I thought they should be. Which is unfair on my part, but when you're a kid growing up and you don't know any better and you're like, you're looking for like something I'm struggling with and you're like, I don't, my parents didn't do that. Like, I don't get it, you know, but like they're doing everything they could do. You know, I had two parents that were there, um, you know, supportive in their own ways, as supportive as they could be from their perception and their perspective, you know. And I think all of these things is all stuff the wilderness has really helped me with um, understanding, you know, and being able to talk about and in a lot of ways forgiving a lot of people who maybe I held accountable for stuff that I had no business holding them accountable for. What parents, for instance, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to grow up and have some like really severe trauma in your life. I mean, I, I don't know how I would talk to somebody that maybe came to me and was dealing with that, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, it, and maybe it's all connected in the same in its own path you know like 
maybe some of the feelings I had or some of the feelings you had or the same feelings they're having. It's just a different situation, you know? So. Before I forget, there's another thing I wanted to yeah. explore further from something you said. You're talking about like energy and your spirit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like what does spirit mean to you? Because I feel like our society has like a really hard time defining that or even understanding what it is. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I was raised in a very Christian household. Very probably not uncommon from a lot of Americans, you know, the majority of Americans, you know. So what do they say? It's it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So how I would relate that to me and my like spirit to me. You're seeing that in pop culture with like uh, yoga, meditation, talking about like the conscious, subconscious, the metaphysical, like stuff like that. Like, I don't, I mean, to me, spirit, You ever had somebody say, I'll use this a pretty good example, I, I think. Uh, I've had somebody tell me before, you have really good fucking energy. Like I can feel your energy. Like you have really good energy. Like that I would say is my spirit. Like you can't. And I could say when your energy is bad, when you're putting out like maybe low vibrational energy, you know, you're on like the very egotistical end of the scale, like resentment, fear, anger, like that type of thing. Your spirit is just like sick, right? And when you're on the healthier side, like the forgiveness and gratitude and abundance, you know, like end of the scale to where your energy, like your spirit is healthy and you, and you can, and I think you can feel that. Like I said, when you're sitting down, you can feel your energy. Like you can feel, you ever go into a room and you can just like feel the energy in the room. Like that's, that's, that's that, like that's the spirit of the room, I would say. And the spirit of the people in the room and you can feel it and you can tell, like, I mean, I know I feel that way. Like if I walk into a room and I operate by energy a lot, um, And sometimes that's hard because <laughs> a lot of people don't operate there and they're going to think you're strange if you're operating from that point of view. And like, I, I just, I, the energy, I don't like the energy here. I can, the, you know, like, but that's my spirit, I would say. That's a pretty good description because I asked that question and I'm like, I don't think I can answer that. <laughs> It's like a very hard thing to put into words. Well, you stumped the shit out of me. So. <laughs> I uh, I had to think about it, and like, that's what I came up with. But <laughs> but I would say that's pretty accurate. Like, I mean, that's what I that's that's it's honest. That's what I feel spirit is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to sometimes put into words because it's probably based off how your spirit feels and your 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 soul, your soul's health at the at any given point. 
you know, like if your spirit's in a bad way and you got some bad energy going, I mean, you're, it's, it's, your answer is not going to be good. It's going to be a shitty answer. It's going to be a lot of, like it, it's helped me to not judge people. Uh, now, if a person is operating on maybe that low end of the scale, that low vibrational end of the scale, it's like, I just say, well, that person just, there's a lot of healing that needs to take place there, you know? And, uh, and you could say like, really, you could say like their spirit is sick. Yeah. I've gradually sort of shifted into thinking a little bit more like that too. Um, so another part of this movie, I'm interviewing a guy who runs a sweat lodge. Oh, okay. And he's all about this energy stuff, and he's been sending me books and things to read about spirit and, um, forget the exact term, but basically like the human vibrational energy field, yep. and it's like a scientifically studied phenomenon now mm -hmm. that people are starting to understand what it is. Quantum physics, I believe. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I've been trying to open my mind to all crazy ways of thinking, like very, very different than the normal like Western model. And it's, it's been a, like a, it's been a challenge <laughs> just to like think differently. Cause you're breaking down like the societal structure you've been given. Mm -hmm. I think at least in my estimation, I think you can liken it to almost a Native American kind of way of speaking because like you'll hear them, like, and I've read writings by some of them and, you know, and I, you know, I shouldn't necessarily even, I don't, I don't, I don't want to liken it to like movies and stuff because I don't know how accurate that is and how much Hollywood has anything to do with that. But you'll hear them talk about like, They'll talk about like your spirit or your spirit is sick, you know, and it's that type of thing, you know, mm -hmm. at least that's how I feel it is. And that's what, um, it's a good way to use the wilderness too, right? Your spirit's a little sick. I'm going to go out. It's kind of like going to the doctor almost, you know? <laughs> it is. It's a spirit doctor. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think it, it just helps you kind of begin to understand what that is, too. Like, what is a spirit? Yes. I think we're so disconnected that we don't even know what that is. Yes. Even I'm trying to learn that because I don't, I don't know if I know what that is. <laughs> and I'm trying to understand what that feels like or, like, what it means to me. I know, like, if which I think is where you're seeing like a lot of people in this pandemic right now who are like, say maybe trolling social media and just putting out a whole bunch of negativity all the time. Their spirit is sick. I would say a lot of things that maybe they could do before the pandemic have been taken away masks, if you will. So they're forced to like sit with maybe themselves and maybe they don't like themselves that much, or maybe their spirit is sick and they don't know what to do. So, they're just sitting in a cesspool of negativity and sickness, right? So if you can get on 
and you know, I mean, you may ask like, okay, well, how do I be healthy? How do, how does my spirit get healthy? How do I get on the healthy end of the vibrational scale? And, um, for me, that comes back to gratitude every time. And nature really assists with that, like really helps. Maybe I wasn't feeling grateful when I went there, you know? That's for sure. I mean, in nature, you're... You go up and you see, oh, I don't know. You see Yosemite Falls for the first time, like right in front of you, and you're just like, if that doesn't inspire grateful gratitude in you, like, I mean, or you see Mount Rainier, like off in the distance from the city of Seattle, and you just see this massive mountain just towering over everything. I, I, I for me, that just invokes gratitude, like to the ultimate um but i mean that's why i do the gratitude journal uh but the nature nature is you can't it's you can't have one without the other it's the yin and the yang but it's the it's the whole so if my world is black if i'm in the black side of the yin and the yang that nature is that white dot, you know? Okay. But if I'm in nature, all that other negative shit might be the black dot on the white side, right? It's, it all goes hand in hand, and you need one side. Like, you can't know happiness without sorrow, right? Um, which is why I don't like the perception that wilderness is like an escape. Like escape is not, I don't like that. I think it's a unhealthy way to look at it. Yeah. Um, or maybe if it is an escape, it's a temporary thing um, because you need like a, you need to get distance sometime. So maybe escape isn't the right word, but distance or something. Well, if you want to see an escape, like, but you're aware that, okay, you know, but if you're using it as a tool just to escape, you know, like for the need to escape, I guess, you know, like, I mean, that's probably not a healthy way to look at it, you know? And I don't think like what you're trying to do, like trying to convince people about going into the wilderness. I mean, you probably don't like, Hey, here's a new way to go hide from your fucking problems. Like that's a terrible, you know, like, I mean, which I, and I think there is a community of people. I know there's a community of people that do that, you know, and I've met people like that. And I don't, you know, it's hard. I mean, life is fucking hard, man. It, it kicks you around and it's hard because of what's up here. It's hard because of that demon, you know, you make friends with that demon and you can, he could sleep in bed with you or drink coffee with you or, Go have a beer with you. I mean, you're doing pretty good. I like that idea of making friends with your demon and <laughs> sitting there and have coffee with it. Yeah. Because it like, doesn't go away. Anxiety is a gift. 
Anxiety is your friend. He's there. He's like Paul Revere, man. The British are coming. Okay. Well, come on in. Let's, you know, you, you're here for a reason. Like you're here to help me. You're here to protect me. You know, like that. It's not something to be ashamed of and it's not something to hide from. Certainly not something to medicate. <sighs> What's it here for? What's it here to teach me, you know? And what follows right after anxiety? Well, the inevitable depression, right? So those are kind of like the same demon, right? So if you can accept that demon in like, okay, like what's he here for, you know? What's she here for? You know, like what? It's it's a gateway to uh, self awareness, really. Definitely, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Get to know it. Yeah. I guess I should actually ask some of these questions. Oh <laughs> <laughs> shit! Because there are a few that I'm trying to ask everybody. Yep. With the goal of just kind of seeing, like, what is the general. Sure, 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 yeah, almost things. for data, data purposes, yeah. yeah. Or like, what are the differences? Yeah, got all the important ones there. <laughs> so we can talk about Redline and um, especially like your clients. I want to see what your experience has been taking people out into the wilderness and like what has their transformation been like? So let's talk about like an average, actually... Tell me about somebody who was pretty nervous before they went out. Like, you don't have to name names, but like, what, what was their experience? Uh, pretty nervous. And what changed in them? <sighs> Let's see. I'm trying to narrow this down a little bit. There's yeah. a lot of them have been pretty nervous, so I'm trying to think. Um, well, this would be a good one. This is a good societal example too, I think. Uh, she was a business professional right around my age. Uh, like this is a few years ago. She was probably like 40 when the trip happened. And, uh, she had... Went through a pretty messy divorce. Mom of two boys. Um, the divorce was messy in a lot of ways because he had taken on the breadwinner role and she had became like the just a stay-at-home mom. So she didn't have any, and she's college educated, you know, you know, very smart woman. And then the divorce happened and she had no job, hadn't, you know, her resume didn't have anything because she hadn't worked for several years. And so she had to basically start over from, from nothing and uh, very type A type personality, lives in the suburbs, you know, so she's into the... I don't know, the suburban grind, you could call it. 
Um, so when she went on this trip, she had maybe six months or a year before that, she had been assaulted. And she woke up in her house like half clothed and had been like beaten pretty badly. So she went to the doctor, whatever, did the rape test, all that stuff, you know, and she hadn't been raped. And she, uh, I had put a post out on social media saying I was going to do this trip. And she was the first one. She hit me up within like the hour it had been posted. Like, I, I want to do this trip for sure. Very nervous though. Like never done anything like it. Um, very, mm, what did we say? She's like a diva. She's very nervous about having to go to the bathroom in the woods and very nervous to not take a shower for five days. And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? You know, and which is the cool part of like what I do with taking groups on trips is everybody coming over here and I go through gear very, you know, specifically over each piece of gear. And then I show them all of my gear and then I look at their gear and I'm like, okay, this, this, and this, and then you can use this. And then I'll show them how to use the stuff and try to try to really make them feel comfortable. And then, you know, but <laughs> That can only go so far, you know, you can get the comfort of the group and they, uh, they'll kind of, there'll be some camaraderie, but then when you get out there and you see a big fucking mountain and you're just like, holy shit. And I know that's what happened with her and we got to the trailhead and it was 9,100 feet elevation, probably never been there before in her life. And it wasn't nice that first day. It was cloudy and rainy and it was about 55 degrees. And the river crossing is a mile and a half in from the trailhead. And that was thigh high and it was rolling and it was cold. And I had, they were prepared for it. They were prepared for everything. They were prepared for the temperature, but we had to cross that the first day. And We crossed, everybody was drying off, you know, and putting on dry socks and dry shoes and everything when we got across, you know, cause I had them bring another pair of shoes. So, uh, you know, across the board novices, right? So I didn't, you know, I wasn't gonna mess with trying to coach them through how to deal with wet stuff. You know, I wanted to make sure they were comfortable and So we did that, got to camp and it was cold. I mean, it, it was cold that first day. I'd say cloudy all day and it got cold and it was, got really cold that night. So we all ended up staying in one tent. So there's five of us in one tent, which is great for the warmth, right? So that one tent I have, which holds four people, probably max as far as comfort. We had six people in there, man. We were in there in shorts and t-shirts playing cards, you know, because of the body heat in there. I mean, it was, 
it was uh, really, I was really impressed and amazed. And this is a three season tent too. I mean, it didn't come all the way down to the ground or nothing. I mean, so wind could get under there, but that was probably good to keep it a little bit cool in there because that's how hot it got in there. But so anyways, we got through that in that first night of being really cold. And then the next day, well, of course, she got to go to the bathroom and she peed. And then, well, she had to take a shit. <laughs> she takes a shit and she comes dancing out of the woods. I just shit in the woods like this. You know, she was so proud of herself and so excited. And I mean, she just had the biggest fucking grin in her face. Well, so then the sun comes out and it gets nicer every day. It's getting nicer and warmer. So we were in shorts and a t-shirt for the most part during the day. <laughs> well, the higher you go, the sun's more powerful up there. You know, you burn faster. Well, she's real pale skinned, real pale. You know, she got some sun. The next morning she woke up and I was outside getting breakfast ready and coffee for everybody. And I think it might've been Coop, but somebody started busting out laughing. And she's like, what's so funny? And they're like, your lips, they're huge. And she's like, she started freaking out, you know? And I don't know if she looked on her phone, on the camera or whatever, and her lips are just swelled up really big because they're like, they got sunburned. So, I mean, she was, the whole tent was rolling laughing by the time they got came out of the tent for breakfast. Like they're, everybody in there is just laughing hysterically. And she comes out and she's got these huge lips. She's like, look at my face. And I started laughing. I go, what happened? You get a little sun there. And she's like, yeah. So super nervous going into the trip. Nervous about shitting in the woods, peeing in the woods, no showering. So this girl's peed in the woods, shit in the woods. Got sunburn. Her lips are like bratwurst. Fr nearly froze to death. And she's laughing hysterically. And like, just, I think that was like, she truly just totally had like surrendered to the whole thing. It was just like, uh, she's one of those stories. Like she, she, I, she goes on a trip almost every year now. Um, and it's a part of her like she has her own backpack now. She has her own, she has a lot of her own gear. I mean, she's totally tr welcomed in that way, uh, like the wilderness as uh, a tool for wellness, for sure. She's, that's a pretty good story of somebody right there because <sighs> those type A people, man, they'll stress you the fuck out. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know that. like, holy shit, just calm down. You want to just give them a fat bowl or something here, <laughs> yeah. like puff on that a few, would you? Because, yeah. man, you were stressing me out. <laughs> like, just don't think so much. Like, not thinking is like surrendering and letting it go. Like, just let it go. Let it go. You know, and she, like yep, just, after she let it go, literally a couple of times. Then she let it all go. And I mean, by the end of the trip, I mean, oh, it, it was, it was, she's like probably like the cover story of like that type of success, you know, like just like what a, just because of the way she welcomes it into her life now and she, it's a part of her life, you know, and she knows like the value of it. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good story. <laughs> we might have talked about this at Cloud Peak a little bit, but uh, like, what do you get out of this? Like, what what kind of personal satisfaction do you get from bringing people out there? Personal satisfaction from guiding. Well, um, I'm kind of a natural teacher. I'm kind of a natural healer. Uh, uh, I've accepted those things as a part of my purpose um, and a part of like my passion. And so, I mean... Really, what do I get? I mean, it's a gift for me to be able to take them. I mean, I'm, uh, it's, it's satisfying, it's fulfilling. Um, I really value connection, and there's not much of a better way to connect with people than going and getting stinky in the woods with them for five days, you know? I mean, Every one of you is a dirt bag by the end of the trip, and uh, it's uh, it really bonds you, and uh, I value that a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. It's like, you know, you've done through hikes and stuff, and you see those guys, and 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 you see the the bonds that build as you hike with people, and you see people in like you get to the point where you get a trail name, right? And then you're just like, oh yeah, you know? And like, like, like that touches you, you know? But it's, it's very basic. It's a basic human need that is really hard to get fulfilled on, on the societal level. Because when you're like in the city, you can't really connect with somebody like that because everybody has walls up and guards up. Cause it's dangerous and you got to be scared and you got to be, you got to be aware of another person's maybe agenda or another person's uh, intentions, you know, out there you've surrendered completely. Like there's like, it's genuine, it's authentic and, and, and people feel it. And I think that's what aids in the connection and that's what aids in, uh, the fulfillment for me, I mean, it's, cause if you took like, it's funny if you took, I should do this more often, take like a, a picture at the beginning and the end of each trip or a little short video of just each people's demeanor. If you could gauge that each time, like I have it logged in my mind, but if you could see it just as the, just for the pure contrast of it, like, I mean, it, it unrecognizable sometimes probably yeah I, I could see it already too just based on the trip that we did like the before picture so, yeah would be kind of rigid and like yeah not very close to each other mm -hmm. and after everybody would be like loose and arms around each other yeah 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 <laughs> give me some of that smell man come on <laughs> he was a really good example of like that even though i mean it wasn't as profound of a trip for him as maybe some because i mean he was he's got some pretty concrete walls i mean he he's he that demon that demon's got some pretty major claws into him you know and and and, and you can see it but i mean just over the course of that trip i mean you could see like oh man there's you, you can 
you know, you could see he wanted to come out, but he, he as soon as he got a little comfortable, he, you know, he's like a nervous, like a, like a nervous prairie dog, like always wondering where the eagle's coming in to snatch his ass, you know, like kind of like that or something, you know, like, um, he'd be one of the more nervous or the most nervous person I've ever taken, uh, you know, but I mean, it was so awesome. Like the ride, when we drove from Laramie to, we drove from Laramie to Cloud Peak right here on Highway 487 through Medicine Bow up to Casper. Okay. Okay, so just this huge, vast. Yeah, you got mountains on both sides of you. Yeah, and just that enormous vastness that if you've never been there you can't really understand how vast it is and but you can kind of see the mountains but it's just and Wyoming is gorgeous it has just so many rock formations that you just never even guess you know and that that kind of path through there i mean he was in the back seat just like whoa, whoa you know and then he was just like glued to the window like one of those garfield cats or something stuck to the window you know like because i could see him in my rear view you know and he was just quiet and just like mesmerized by it all you know which was i mean <laughs> that little nugget right there tells you everything you need to know about what I get out of it is just that I mean that's just I mean how do you, it's, it's like it was like taking my kid on a to see on a vacation something he's never seen before I mean uh, I mean how can you if you have it if you're human I mean you, that just gets you right in the feels man I mean you just can't there's no other way to describe that I mean he was just and then Coop he's so stoic he's like the complete opposite of Brad all like Coop's just like eh, we're we were coming down the mountain and just after a thunderstorm and there was just the biggest, most pronounced rainbow I've ever seen in my life out the back rear view of the side door window of the van. I mean, it literally looked like you could reach out and touch it. And it was huge. And the lines between each color were so defined. It was almost like you were tripping or something. I mean, it was so like... And Coop's just like, oh, there's a rainbow over here. What the... F you know? So, like, yeah, yeah those two, you know? <laughs> like, no the yin and the yang, literally, between yeah. those two. Uh, I think that's actually all my questions. All right. Yeah, did you have anything else? I don't, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't know what your, uh... And his battery just died, so I guess that's good talking. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast and you like the nature content that we're putting out, please subscribe to our YouTube channel called Wilderness Mindset.